Hey guys, welcome back to another episode, Girl What, with your host Danielle Denise. So this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest and she is really awesome. She's a digital brand strategist and her name is Paris. Hey girl, hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I haven't been in like LA for a while since COVID started. So just driving over here and just the traffic was a bit of a shock. Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad, girl. It's Mm -hmm. back to normal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have a commute again to work. I was like, oh, this is everybody's life then, clearly. So um, I appreciate you uh, pushing through the traffic. I didn't think it'd be so bad coming from that direction, but... It's honestly not that bad. I think I've just been stuck in Riverside for so long. I work in Riverside. I live in Riverside. I shop in Riverside. So I haven't really had a reason to drive to L.A. Got you. So just driving down here, I was like, wow, I forgot. And then whenever I do leave Riverside, for some reason, I've been going to Orange County, Mm. which is more of like of a suburb. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really been in a city like this in a few weeks and I just kind of forgot um (laughs) I don't really like it (laughs) that much that's why I left long story short yeah yeah, she doesn't like the LA the LA uh area I understand girl or just the city it's the city I feel you because um I don't go to West LA too much it's Mm -hmm. too much hustle and bustle over there you know yeah and a little bit of it is I lived in Oakland for three years Oh, and then I lived in Long Beach for another three years, Mm. but I went to L.A. a lot. So I'm not just saying I don't like the cities just because I don't like the cities like I've lived in the cities. I'm like, yeah, it's it's not for me, but totally. Yeah, I understand. I understand. That's why I'm over here on like on the outskirts of L.A. (laughs) Close enough, but I still have my own like area. Mm hmm. What are we getting into today? So we want to actually, no, I want to get into more of what you do, Paris. Okay, so uh, this is my first podcast. I'm a little nervous, but we're going to get through this. Paris, you're <laughs> awesome. I Listen, <laughs> listen, you are... Also, I need to acknowledge that like you are part of like a small group of women guests that I've had because it's so hard to get ladies on here. I feel honored. Listen. Yeah. So this is monumental. This is a this is a a girl wet history episode. So I want you to I want you to show off. Let's just say that. Say less. Say less. (laughs) Show off, girl. Say less. Digital brand. Wait. Digital brand marketing strategist. Yeah. Pretty Was that right? Okay. Digital brand strategist. Yeah. Digital brand strategist. Mm-hmm. Got you. So I've had a few titles throughout my career, but that's pretty much the gist of it. Currently, I'm a digital marketing manager full time mm-hmm. at a university in Southern California. And then I'm a solopreneur by night and weekend. Wait, I love that term. <laughs> solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay. <laughs> so meaning you are by yourself making things happen. 
basically. So a solopreneur um, is basically an entrepreneur, but you don't, you're not, you haven't hired anyone. Got it. Love That's that. Really the only, where a freelancer is somebody who only makes money when they exchange their time for mm. service. Mm-hmm. So someone who's a solopreneur or an entrepreneur means that you make money when you sleep, basically. So Ooh. if you like sell candles, um, maybe sell a course, then you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, depending on if you've hired people on. Now, a freelancer, gotcha. you can think of, of somebody like a photographer. Mm-hmm. They only make money when they exchange their time. Got like, it. Yeah. Like a goods so and services type of thing. that's the difference between a freelancer and a preneur. Got that's it. what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> Love this. I'm getting educated. <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, you told me to show out, so. <laughs> Girl, please. The floor is yours. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And then I guess just a little bit of background on me, because I think it helps to know because it does make up a part of why I am the way that I am. Mm-hmm. So I do like to call out like, yes, you know, I am African-American. I am an African in America, but I'm also Kenyan. Mm-hmm. So I came to the States when um, I was about 10 years old. Actually, I'm not even sure the age, but came to the States 1997. And from Kenya, lived in Midland, Texas. So that was quite a culture shock in that I went from an environment of everyone was black to an environment of everyone was white. And on top of that, I had no, I didn't even know what racism was. So that was completely different. And Mm -hmm. then a few years later, we moved to Southern California. That's where I've been pretty much most of my life and honestly where I feel the most comfortable mm-hmm. but having that Kenyan background does influence a lot of or let's say spending my formative years back home in Kenya mm-hmm. does influence a lot of like the way that I think the way that I speak and like I still carry a little bit of that accent mm-hmm. in the way that I view the world the way that I interact in the world and all of that so I do like to call that out because <laughs> why not yeah and yeah wow yes mm-hmm. Paris that's beautiful <laughs> so you. you've been in Southern California since like your teens then or no way longer than that oh okay Let's okay say nine, like 1999 oh okay yeah, got so you it's been a minute oh yeah mm-hmm. that's beautiful love SoCal okay so with that said, let's get into our topic. We want to talk about supporting small businesses. I, I, I want to say I'm a small business myself as a podcaster, as a brand. I too am a business, but I am a huge supporter of like a lot of small businesses that are my peers or something that I truly believe in as far as a brand is, but I do feel like with a lot of small businesses, there's just, there's some ups and downs with it. You know, we have small businesses that have an opportunity to grow as far as customer service goes. We've had, I know I've experienced a few things where sometimes a person who's supposed to provide a service for my hair flakes and things like that is what hurts a small business, you know, as far as their image goes or brands go. But 
first let's talk about supporting um or friends who have businesses right like your personal peers when they have a business do you feel obligated Paris to support them sometimes sometimes I feel obligated all the time it does feel like that sometimes you know yeah I feel like I have support guilt Mm -hmm. (laughs) which probably says more about me than it does about anyone else yeah but yeah when I see a friend launch something I do just feel the urge to support and I have purchased things from friends that maybe weren't the best product per se but if I was in a position where I could afford to Mm -hmm. purchase like I go ahead and support in that way but yeah do I feel like we should feel obligated to support like our friends businesses even if it doesn't necessarily fit what we need Mm -hmm. no um but what I know to be right and how like what I actually do clearly don't match up but yeah that's just me being honest And, you know, when you are starting a business, you should know who your target customer is or, you know, your target audience. And you should also know that that may not be all of your friends (laughs) just due Mm -hmm. to the nature of the thing, you know. So that makes sense. It's um, I didn't look at it as a guilt, but it can be depending on what it is. You know, it's like, oh, this love my friend but if this is something I don't have any interest in mm-hmm. or this isn't something I can even use but you know if it's affordable I too have been like okay you know it's fine just support the cause and then maybe find someone who my whole thing is like maybe I can find someone who does like it mm-hmm. so if I can't or if I'm not going to spend the money on it I will try to reach out to someone who will you know try to get you a customer if yeah. it's not me so I feel you though because I do try to be like an active supporter always luckily mm-hmm. a lot of my friends are creative so a lot of it's like you know getting a t-shirt or something something I can wear something an, an accessory I love that shit that's all me and interest but even for me as an example for girl what podcast not everyone listens to podcasts and a lot of people have told me that and I respect that I don't push them to listen mm-hmm. but spread the word if, if you can you know if that's not too much I do like those little there's like a meme or something on Instagram where or maybe even Twitter, but it's like it says it costs zero dollars to like repost or whatever. Yeah. And I do feel that to a degree. However, you know, no pressure. But for those who want to support, this is your way to support if it doesn't suit your needs. So that is honestly, I think the best way to support. I've gotten clients and I've just gotten really active followers Mm -hmm. from Later on, I find out they're a friend of a friend. When I realized the way they found out about me is because that person probably reposted something that they saw value in. Mm -hmm. And that's also a big reason why Published by Paris is a completely different account from my personal account. Mm. And that's something I actively thought about in the beginning because I was like, I'm going to be focusing on marketing, on advertising, and my cousins probably don't care about this my family probably doesn't care most of my friends are not running businesses they don't want to see my marketing posts right felt like all the time and so you know that i guess it kind of fits in and that i didn't want them 
hey, I don't want to feel I don't I don't want to feel spammy for people that aren't into marketing. But yeah. I also don't want my friends to feel obligated to follow my business account if they like honestly don't find any value in it. Right. And so because when I do see friends that do decide to follow my business account, I'm actually pretty honored because I'm like, you know, you still get to like talk to me and all of that stuff through my personal account. Yeah. But you're now choosing to also, you know, partake and, mm-hmm. you know, see my businessy like marketing stuff as well. And I would rather that. Like, I don't want them to feel obligated. Yeah, yeah, you know. No pressure is always my thing. (laughs) Like, don't feel like you have to do it. Do it because you want to. Yeah, that's that's always my thing, and that really and that's what shows as far as like how you reach your audience, who sticks sticks around, who is giving you feedback and wants to interact. That's that's important. Let us know you care. It does. For sure. Yes. Um. Okay. So some small business struggles. Have you had that experience at all with any small business that you have supported? Yes, I think <laughs> I think we all have to a point. You know, I think for most people, you want to support small businesses and even deeper than that, you want to small you want to support a small business of somebody you know. Yeah. So, you know, if I need photography, if I want, you know, a new candle because I had a friend that had a candle business or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, Like I want to support, but I've also had situations where um, I didn't really go quite as planned. What mm. was the question? Like one, one <laughs> You're on a roll, oh. but that was great. No. So the question was, well, really just name an experience you were willing to share. That was not a, a good, um, interaction with a small business basically something that would happen really more with small businesses versus a corp <laughs> yeah that's what i had a thought and i lost it but now it's <laughs> there we go so, there we go yeah honestly i can say that i haven't really had a bad experience per se mm-hmm. but i've come close to it and i've also heard stories but some of the things I have seen small, I've seen things that small businesses do that uh-huh. aren't necessarily the best where I kind of catch on to it quick and mm-hmm. I dodge, like I leave before I actually give them the service. And I think the biggest part of it is just the professionalism. Mm-hmm. It's like we might be the same age, like you might be the homegirl or whatever it may be, but if I'm reaching out for a service, I need you to have like some level of professionalism. Like I need you to respond in a timely manner. Oh my God. Rule one. Major. Yes. Um, I just need you to like really treat it like a business, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the professionalism falls, it just falls apart. And that's probably, that is my biggest pet peeve. Just something in as simple as in <laughs> the way that you speak like yeah. just not speak but like just text back or you know i've reached out to small businesses like on instagram like dms mm-hmm. and just the response is just so like very like 
we're homegirls. It's very super casual. It's too casual. It's too it's casual. Like I, I got, I'm about to spend money on you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it gets, this is something I get with small. Okay. I actually have had an experience. I just got one mm. and I had an experience where it started feeling like I was doing them a favor, mm. you know? And it felt like it just didn't feel like the transaction was equal. I felt like, well, um, there was just an an arrogance to mm-hmm. the whole thing. And that is actually an experience I've had more than once with yeah. small businesses. And I also say this in that I work a lot with small businesses, just like with advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we talk about the, you know, what they offer. And then we also talk about, because I do focus on marketing, on how they show this how they market this offer out to the world Mm. and um there is a like you should definitely i'm going somewhere with this i promise (laughs) you should definitely know your worth oh for sure you should also be humble in the process and this just might be with me but i've had situations where I see small businesses oversell Mm. and with what you're saying that you're going to do and just the selling point I need the professionalism to match I need the branding to match I need your website to match I need your response time to match I need you know it's It's got to be cohesive you know all around Mm -hmm. yeah and you might have the best product but I think a lot of times there's just so much lost in translation and the lack of professionalism. And I think something small businesses sometimes, and I'm talking about real small. I don't want it to come off like I'm attacking. I'm not attacking small businesses, but no, no. something I've seen is the whole journey is it's even though your end product might be the best you really like your photography and your editing might really be on point and you are worth whatever you are charging so it's not even speaking on what the end product is but the journey from the time I hit you up like telling you hey I'm interested in this service all the way to the point where I get my final um, versions of the photos Mm. that whole journey and that whole process needs to have um needs to be on point so like the con the text like the con the texting back the um asking for edits all of that the communication for sure and i think sometimes with small businesses they're like well i know my end product is good but they're not paying as much um attention to the the customer journey yeah to that end product no, yeah, that's real. There's, <laughs> I've definitely experienced all those things as well. And unfortunately, it happens for me the most with small businesses that are either retail, like they sell merch or um, hair, doing hair and services like that is where I find a lot of my issues because the customer service will lack um, communication and or um the end result something isn't just you know it's just not what you had hoped when you paid but uh one instant in particular is when i uh scheduled a hair appointment with uh, a girl i found on instagram 
and um long story short she didn't show up for the appointment had me in this whole salon where I don't know nobody in Gardena and (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just out here and I'm asking for her to the other beauticians and they were looking around like oh she she's supposed to work today you know not not assuring me that she's even here (laughs) I'm texting her and she's not even getting back to me right away I was in there for about 20 30 minutes just chilling feeling awkward and I'm just like okay and when she finally texts me back she said oh you know what I completely forgot can you come in the next day next day I had a whole uh uh oh FedEx is here I had a whole um uh what was I gonna say oh the next day I couldn't make it I I was about to literally leave town I was like no girl I can't and she just apologized and that was it and she required a deposit to even schedule with her so I asked for that back immediately I was like okay well let me get my deposit back which she kind of bullshitted it took her like a week to return it for whatever reason through cash app and um yeah no and (laughs) the way I ended that was like I had to like literally beg one of those beauticians to do my hair that exact moment like I wasn't crying but I was just like literally begging I was like hey (laughs) I just need a ponytail style real quick I'll pay whatever you want to get me just done and shout out to that beautician who said he'll do it because it was fabulous but I was just so irritated I almost left looking raggedy that was my whole thing got me looking crazy sis pissed pissed oh man i unfollowed her so fast and you can't even (laughs) like really say nothing to her until you get your deposit back oh my god right you still have to be like polite Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i can't curse her out or nothing Mm -mm. but yeah and after like day four of not getting a a payment I hit her up again and I was like, hey, girl, so I don't know if you forgot, but I'm just looking for my deposit. You know, that's it. And then she finally did it. But I was just like, what the? no, this is not OK. Like, this is the shit that is just not OK. Like, it's not OK. Ooh, the, the desperation I was going through that day. But, you know, that's yeah. communication, communication. Like, I wish, she, you know, she had a better excuse for me, but she didn't. She literally just said, I forgot and I'm sorry. You know what is I just thought of right now is I feel like right now there's such a saturation for small businesses and that there are so many mm-hmm. compared to maybe like 20 years ago just because it's a little bit easier to launch a business on your own like because of the internet. Yeah. But let's just stick with like hair. Like if you want to do hair. There's a lot of people that are doing hair on the side that is their business but just because there's a lot of people doing it and let's say you want to do it too Mm -hmm. and you're just like man I can't do it there's already so many people already doing it and you know maybe they might have more followers whatever it might even just be with like marketing online whatever your thing may be is the one thing that a lot of people lack is the professionalism yep and you know the thing is, I like, go ahead and do it because even with her, like you could have been a client. And yeah. the fact that the whole experience was just horrible, she lost the client. And now if you find somebody else who that lady could probably like do good work, like she's probably mad talented. But now it's like it's not just enough to do the to have a good product. It's not just good enough to 
be a great photographer. Yeah. Like that's not enough anymore. What really sets the people that end up succeeding apart from the thousands of photographers and makeup artists and all of that online, honestly, is not even that they're more talented than the other person. It's just that they're less of a headache to work with. And I guess it's just like a word of encouragement. Like if you want to be like a makeup artist, whatever it is, and you're just like looking at Instagram and you're discouraged because you're like, there's already, it's already so saturated. Honestly, just go ahead and do it and just make sure that you're super professional and that you make it not that much of a headache for your client. Because I'm sure your client has dealt with other people before you. Mm -hmm. And if you're end product is good and on on top of that your pleasure to work with that's how you grow and that's how your business really grows a lot of businesses grow not just because they have the best product per se um uber wasn't the first uber like there were other things before uber but like a a taxi (laughs) there was actually something else that was like an app oh for real Uh uh-huh but they just had they were just the best at it. So you might not have the best product, but if you offer a great experience and you're just a pleasure to work with, then that's really how your business is going to grow. I agree. You know what? Something I like is um, pages or companies that have like websites that have like a FAQ section, the frequently asked questions part. Because I read those now as I'm older, like I need to know the things I'm getting are (laughs) worth it, you know, and yeah, those are especially for people who do the clothes, you know, retailing the apparel and selling it because, you know, sizing is always an issue for me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then a lot of people also, if you don't read those FAQs is why, you know, you're not getting your money's worth or what you thought you were going to get, you're not getting or the timing. A lot of uh, websites are also now explaining their turnaround time. Like if it's going to take six to 10 business days or are you going to have to wait three to six months for it to ship or something because it's coming from China. Like you have to really <laughs> look at that now because they're they're telling you like, hey, you know, I will fulfill your order. However, here's all the uh, disclaimers as to why it won't come right away because people just assume instant gratification. You know, Amazon is really making you know convenience top tier for us because mm-hmm. we pay for prime for a reason we want our things tomorrow we want our things same day which sometimes you can do actually yeah. <laughs> so when you go to a small business where one they don't have the manpower or the manufacturer to back them up like that and they will tell you like hey it's going to take us a month and a half before you see this sweater <laughs> and i've been caught up a couple times with that but I mean, at least they let uh, you know, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm my, like, well, it'll right. get here. <laughs> my biggest thing is, and that's actually what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about sometimes small businesses oversell. Oh, that, do you feel like it's too much? Not that they're, not in that sense. And the fact that they're, you shouldn't try to oversell with, and this is something that I actually learned in like my oh, nine to five. Sorry. Oversell. Oversell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I learned in my nine to five, my old boss, he would uh-huh. always say, Paris, make sure you manage the client's expectations, mm-hmm. manage expectations. Like he would say that all the time to the point I just can't turn that off. And so my biggest thing when working with clients is I manage their expectations. So, you know, with these 
companies that are telling you, you know, you're not going to get your product in a month and a half. They're managing mm. your expectations. Where totally. What I see with some small businesses and past clients that I've worked with is that they don't properly manage expectations because they want to seal the deal. So they might end mm-hmm. up overselling in the process and then they don't follow through. Right. And then the client gets mad, but it's like, yeah, you were better off saying that you couldn't do something. It's like manage yeah. your expectations and let the client um, decide whether or not it's a good fit. Totally. Yeah. It's it's just like a relationship. You're building a relationship. If you want this customer to come uh, c- return, then you're going to have to, like you said, manage their expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like getting into a relationship with your partner. You know, it's like, all right. So here's this about me. Is this like, you know, when you give the op- your partner or anyone the option to choose like how they want to either absorb that information evaluate how they feel about that information Mm -hmm. then it's just a better situation for you because it's communication you know you guys can decide what you want to do after that but it's that option you'll be surprised a lot of people like they get it like they understand your small business is going to take a while for their product to get there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, they're not mad about, Oh my God, it took two weeks for my product to get here. They're probably more irritated that they didn't know it would take two weeks. Absolutely. So that's really the difference. You know, there's certain things that clients wanted me to do for them as far as like advertising. And I was like, you know, I just, that's not something that I do, or that's not something that, Let me actually stick to the advertising. Whenever Mm -hmm. I help clients, I used to manage accounts one-on-one. And something that I would always tell my clients is, this is probably about how much you're going to get out of this. This Mm -hmm. is your return of investment. And it you they will tell me like, oh, the person I talked to before you said they could actually do this. And I'm like, well, I'm just managing your expectations and being completely honest because I know that the other person is overselling. Yeah. And what I noticed is I was able to get a lot of clients that way because I'm just being honest and Mm -hmm. people will surprise you. Like people don't want to be bullshitted. Like just be completely honest and what you can do, what you can't do as a small business because you are a small business and you're doing everything on your own. And you'll be pleasantly surprised in how people will understand that. But mm-hmm. you have to, like, let people know. You got to let them know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like how we say we want the truth. We yep. like that. We like that. Because then you we don't like, because after that, it's like when you feel like you've been finessed or, you know, this is going to lock me in fi- financially now because I'm waiting in for this order to come. It's like. Now I'm uncomfortable. You know, you start messing with my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that to people because they're not going to stick around. Mm-hmm. So other issues we've had with um, or a small business experience we've perceived as negative can tie into what do we just say? Trying to cut corners, cutting corners, cutting corners, which is all tied into mm-hmm. the overselling and everything else sometimes, because then sometimes you're gonna be like, well, you know, we can rush it or whatever. And now it's like, OK, now are we jeopardizing anything? Quality, maybe, because yeah. <laughs> quality is key too. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't even stay trying to cut because I think as a small business, you are tr- you're trying to survive. So in that you sense, I guess you are trying to 
turn, not turn, what is it? Cut corners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's more of a sense of you. We only have so much. I guess this is more thinking about, I'm going to focus a little bit more on just what I know, yeah, which is marketing and advertising and what I see when I work with small businesses. And I've worked with small businesses and I've also worked with really big brands, like multi-million dollar brands. So mm-hmm. I see the difference in conversation and of course the budgets are different and all of that. But a lot of people know marketing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people understand marketing and especially let's say with small businesses, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're reading a lot of marketing books, a lot of business books as they should be doing. That's what I'm doing as well. Yeah. But something that I get a lot is because I do focus heavily on advertising is a lot of clients ask me to advertise for them. You know, and to be fair, that is a service that I used to do. It just doesn't really quite fit my brand anymore. And so what I usually say is, you know, I don't really do one on one. Like I don't handle one on one um, campaigns anymore, but Mm -hmm. I do have like a four week intensive where I can teach you how to advertise online. But on top of that, um, you also get to learn like best practices, pixel implementation, like all Mm. of that stuff. And sometimes the pushback is, no, I just want to pay somebody to do it. So that's before you get too deep into it. Okay. Are you able to define the difference between advertising versus marketing? Because they're not the same, right? They're not the same. So. Yeah, so marketing and just the broad scope of thing is honestly everything but the advertising portion of it. So the advertising is like the very end. So marketing, the way I see it is, and this is a very broad definition, is just the branding, mm-hmm. your voice, the creative, all, and just how you market yourself, how you put yourself out there. It's like the specimen of the brand, mm-hmm. you know, like how are you being depicted? Yeah. So when you think Target, you automatically think the logo. Yes. You think how their photos look. They tend to be like super bright and lively. Mm-hmm. Like they've just marketed themselves in this particular way, you know. Um, But now the advertising is the actual putting money into ads. Yes. So that's what makes it advertising. You're literally paying for ads, Mm -hmm. which is something completely different. You can have the best marketing plan on the planet. Mm -hmm. But if you're not advertising to the right people in the right way, then you're not going to convert through advertising. And at some point Mm -hmm. for any business to grow, And I think a lot of small businesses are starting to figure this out, especially with the way Instagram's algorithm is like just changing so much lately is you're going to have to advertise. And there's a quote that I really like from Henry Ford, which is um, stopping advertising to save money is like stopping your watch to save time. which is it's just a necessary evil like apple and google spend so much money on advertising and sometimes i'm just like if apple advertises and you're gonna buy their stuff anyways Mm -hmm. who are you 
like <laughs> humble yourself and i know this sounds really fucked up <laughs> but it's like i'm gonna have a little bit of a rant here and i hope i don't lose no clients because of this but it is what it is <laughs> like the arrogance sometimes and this is speaking on we're already assuming that there is a budget Mm -hmm. you know advertising is something that comes later on so it is something when you do have a budget so if you're trying to like you know build on your marketing first so we're talking about somebody that has a budget and i've had to sit there with clients that are like i just don't think i need to advertise and i'm like (laughs) like walmart advertises target and these are places you're gonna go anyways if you don't see a target commercial for 10 years you're still gonna go to target right and so they got us on lock (laughs) it is yeah right and so advertising does work per se oh but i guess what i was trying to say earlier is that i guess just with um guess this is kind of a bit of a tangent (laughs) but i guess with the advertising per se is that um i see a lot of people and this is i guess the landscape is changing because you know 20 years ago if you wanted to advertise all you had to do was pay for an ad in a paper like someone else is doing it right now it's changing to where it's digital and you can do it yourself now with 500 dollars, you can advertise on hulu Mm. so things are changing and what i'm realizing is a lot of business owners, small business owners, spend so much time and money learning marketing. But then when I bring up, you should also learn advertising. And it doesn't even have to just be for me. Just learn advertising in general. Yeah. There's a pushback. And then what happens is they end up hiring somebody else to do it for them. But then it doesn't, the advertising campaign just is a complete flop. And then I'll ask them like, oh, you know, why was that campaign not successful? And some people have put in like five figures into these campaigns and they don't really get anything back. And just for them to flop. That hurts. And they're just (laughs) like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? This campaign ran for six months. You and what I what I noticed is a lot of small business owners, they're so good at just knowing the fundamentals of running a business of marketing all of that but when it comes to digital advertising people i've seen so many people just get played like mm. they don't know how to go in platform and actually be able to have a top level view of their advertising campaign that they're putting five thousand dollars a month into and be like okay something's off this isn't yeah. right and yeah, that's the thing is I think that the way marketing is moving now and just the way the business world is moving now, I think that advertising is going to have to be something that small business owners who can't rely on a large team, even the, even if you want to hire out, you should at least understand like the fun- fundamentals of how it works. And what's so ironic is that so much of a budget goes into advertising we spend more or brands that i've worked with and i'm talking about big big like home brands Mm -hmm. they spend more on advertising than they than they do on creating the creative Mm -hmm. and that's what happens with a lot of small businesses as well is that a lot of their budget ends up going into ads and it's so ironic that the portion of where so much of their budget is going going to is the one thing they just completely don't 
understand how it's working and you put so much trust into this other person and so yeah 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 i feel like that's just like just like anything else like you should read your contracts and comprehend like you need to comprehend like what this money is supposed to do for you you know or just having a plan and budget like you're saying because it sounds like it's a it's the heavy support you need to do financially versus uh the marketing which is a lot more creative and that you could probably have a team or solo whatever but i think a lot of small business owners have read so much on like they know what a good marketing plan is yeah they know what a good creative is that if they hire out they know if the product is good or not right what i was saying earlier with cutting corners it's not even necessarily cutting corners it's you need to utilize your energy in a way that really makes sense for where your business is. So something I see with a lot of small businesses, even like on Instagram is they focus so much on the aesthetic Mm -hmm. instead of the value of their posts, you know, and with a lot of, and that's tends to be a small business problem. And it's just, um, just not knowing, but I think that also just comes with you just learn as you go. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. It's not even a shot. Like, I'm still learning. Totally. Same. Yeah, same. We're all learning. <laughs> we're all learning. Because even for me, like, this podcasting thing is no joke. Mm-hmm. I do it solo for the most part, but I've definitely had to, like, outsource to friends and stuff to finish up an episode. Um, but with all that said, it's still um, a learning curve every day like I'm learning I can buy this new piece that'll make the sound better this new program that's easier there's always something to learn and I'm very open to constructive feedback like I've definitely had friends tell me like the way I was doing my earlier episodes um it was a little different and somebody had to tell me like hey you don't have to do that extra part in the beginning of the episodes you can just start and I was like heard you thank you so much (laughs) that's the way you can help small businesses like how can you support your friend who has a small business yeah you can offer constructive feedback constructive feedback let's uh, emphasis on constructive okay (laughs) just saying you don't like it isn't constructive because it was then it's really i wasn't talking to you yeah (laughs) what are you doing right like do i say thank you still because i didn't ask i didn't oh, ask i do have a question though yes which is something i've kind of been thinking about and it has to do with small businesses and how so many people are just launching side hustles yeah and it just kind of makes me think like you know a conversation i've had with several people like like with my like with published by paris knowing what I know now, because, you know, life changes. So I'm not going to hold myself to it Mm -hmm. is I actually really enjoy my full-time job. And that's something that, that's a role that I want to grow into. Like I like right now I'm a manager of, um, marketing, but I would love to be a director of marketing at, you know, a really huge university in a few years you know, or just Ooh. whatever that path may be. But yeah. then the thing is that I'm just as passionate with my full time as I am with my side hustle. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I get a little bit irritated when there's this preconceived notion that every I should say, let me not speak for everyone that I launched published by Paris to run away from a full time role. 
And oh, I think that yes, there's yes. this. Like this is your passion project yeah. now. And there's this fetishism that I see online lately because I follow so many entrepreneurs and it's like we fetishize entrepreneurship like it's do or die yeah you can do do more than one thing you can have a full-time job like not everyone that wants to be an entrepreneur is doing it because they're running away from a full-time job and I think that that type of language is so toxic and it's so it's talks down on like the nine to five like i think there's so much respect in having a nine to five and you can make more money with the nine to five than you can ever make being an entrepreneur if you do it right i feel like we all have Mm. a certain amount of energy and it's just where you want to put that energy into so if you want to just hustle in the sense of like, I just want to, you know, move up in the nine to five realm, you can end up being a director or a manager at Google or something and making half a million dollars a year. And you're making way more than the average business owner in the United States at that point, but you're technically an employee. So I think we just need to stop fetish fetishizing entrepreneurship And putting a little bit more respect on the nine to five hustle and realizing that you can like low key become a millionaire with the nine to five. If you use like the energy that you use to run your own business is so much energy. Yeah. So if you decide I'm going to put that energy into a nine to five. Like you go above and beyond because most people with the nine to five don't do the above and the beyond. But if you go above and beyond for a nine to five, before you know it, you're going to be working at, let's say, at Facebook. And you're, you know, making there's people on payroll at Facebook making over a million dollars. So, yeah, that's just my that just drives me nuts is not one is not greater than the other. It's just where you choose to put your energy. Absolutely. And which also ties all the way into just knowing what you want to do, you know, because it's like a lot of people do have that lifestyle of like, I, I work my nine to five and then I'm working on my passion, which is sometimes the side hustle. And, you know, if you live that duality, Cool. But yeah, it's it's obsessive about how it's like perceived because it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they make it seem like um, you got to Yeah, that, that was that's a great term. Mm-hmm. The way how obsessive it is, you know, and it's just like this thing. But if you if you don't want to like if you do like like you said, if you like your nine to five and you want to grow in that, because that's my thing, too, is like I do like what I do in the fashion world. It's important. And, um, I, I, you know, I actually enjoy it. I went to school for it. So it's kind of nice to have a job in my field. It's great. Mm -hmm. But, um, then podcasting is definitely a side hustle, but I also thoroughly enjoy it. So if anything, I might be at a crossroads at one point where it's going to be like, I got, I probably will have to choose. That's why I say knowing what I know now. Yeah. Cause it's like. You who knows where life is going to be in two years. So exactly. I'm like, don't hold me to anything I say today in like 2022. Yeah, because you know, if it grows, it grows. Mm-hmm. I I'm all for that journey. So, you know, when you're honest with yourself like that, it's okay. It's okay to do both. Because mm-hmm. if something 
you know, if I take off in the next level of my career or if my podcast take off, cool. But it's it's fine. You know, you don't have to like make a hard decision of like left or right mm-hmm. if you can manage both uh, without, you know, going overboard or getting stressed out or anything. So, yeah, there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to feel. I guess is and maybe this might all I might have some bias because I do work in higher ed. <laughs> mm. Let me put that there. But, you know, I also work in a field that I technically didn't really need my degree. Like I could have gotten where I'm at right now just by hustling, just by working my ass off. But, you know, just being I think a lot of it is just I've been taking in so much entrepreneurship content in the last few months since launching my brand. Mm. And there's just this like distaste, distaste that people have towards higher ed. And I'm so glad that a lot of people are realizing like you don't have to go to college to be successful. And that is 100 percent true. Yeah. Again, I personally didn't need to go to college to get to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. But I think we also forget that there are also a lot of career paths that you do need to go to college, like to be in the medical field, like <laughs> For that sure. type of stuff, to be a lawyer. And so I think we just have to be really careful with the language that we use, because, again, you know, I'm in an, I'm in an environment where I do interact with people that are, you know, like thinking about if they want to go to college or not. Mm -hmm. and there's just this like just um I think we just have to be careful with how we speak on it because not everyone's built for the the hustle entrepreneurship is tough it's rough and so um it's not for everyone I guess is what I'm trying to say I just I think I'm just trying to say let's stop talking shit on college I understand like (laughs) I have so much in loans like sometimes I think about it I'm like yeah I could have done this completely different but then yeah um it's a catch-22 depending on your experience yeah depends on your experience but yeah if I could do it over I would have like I would utilize my loan a lot better because there is a lot of resources I left on the table yeah. But I, I also didn't know what I was doing at the first two years. It's a, yeah. College is a learning curve. You just got to utilize it for the tools that it has. That it has. And yeah. just go there. Not because, because you want to not, I think the it makes thing it is, easier when you want to, yeah. if you go in with that pressure from family or something else, then <sighs> good luck managing that mentally. Sometimes that's what takes a toll or maybe takes you so long yeah. to finish. So. It's for some. It's not for everyone. I think that's the key here. It's for some. Mm-hmm. And what I've been hearing a lot, what I see a lot online is just the whole like college just sucks, period. And it's like it comes off like it's just not for anyone per se. And I'm like, no, that's not true. They're not every there's not every personality again is built for business or and there's very few things you can actually do where you actually don't need a degree yeah and, yeah there's um, a lot of a lot things of you can do is, yeah a lot of it is like business based and a lot of people are not built for that and so i think it's coming from just i've worked directly with students that are 
right out of high school thinking about do I want to go to college and I've just noticed the narrative has shifted mm-hmm. and but then I do also like that people don't feel the pressure to go to college right out of high school so I guess there are a lot of pros and cons it's you have to decide what works best for you totally totally mm-hmm. let's wrap up with some gems this episode i think this is a very informative episode (laughs) we love a small business over here okay don't get that misconstrued there's just a lot of areas of opportunity to grow with a lot of small businesses you know we didn't name anyone in particular because we love everybody equally but i think the number one takeaway here is like communication is key i feel like Letting just let your clients know what's going on if things are on back order or you can't make it, you know, just being on top of the communication can still seal the deal with your your customer. What else? Really, it's communication. (laughs) Bottom line, really. And don't fetishize entrepreneurship. Don't fetishize entrepreneurship. It's not for everybody really like know yourself before Mm -hmm. you start diving deep into these um ventures because even you know you think about it financially too you have to invest and that's another thing investing into not only like customer service but just like quality overall for me top two things i look for is quality in the products and or service and um your customer communication, your communication to me as a customer, so I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, those are important. We talked about um, the things that can go wrong um, as far as like advertising goes, like making sure you're understanding what advertising does for your business as much as you do when you invest into the marketing aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Oh, and then also the obligation you may have to small businesses with your friends. If you're not, if you don't see yourself as a customer for whatever they have, find other ways to support. You know, repost it on social media, tell a friend who may be interested, just find another way. Or if you, you know, if it just doesn't, um, if it's just not for you, it's just not for you. And that's okay, too. You don't you don't have to do it. Yeah. And if you're able to offer constructive feedback, that's also a way to support. Yes. Constructive feedback really helps the company grow. So if they're asking for a review or they send you something via email, really take the time to fill that out or tell them if you're that close with them. Be like, hey, you're, you know. Like when my girlfriend said, hey, girl, you didn't have to uh, put another intro into the intro. And I was like, say less. I will fix that and I'll stop working so hard on this one part. And that helped. So with all that said, that was another great episode. Paris, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Do you want to plug any social media or anything you have going on? Yeah, actually, I do. Perfect. Hey, so um, you can find me on Published by Paris. So the Paris is spelled P-E-R-I-S. 
And yeah, so basically I work with small businesses and I help them scale for profit efficiently on Instagram and Facebook by focusing on and improving their advertising strategies. So if that's something that you need help with or if you know somebody that needs help with that, just hit me up. And I'm actually in the process of launching a four-week intensive course next year and it's going to max out at five people per cohort and i'm actually at four right now so i just need one more person for january yeah i know right oh my goodness super exciting and i was actually telling danielle that it's so like having customer service is so key because i've been able to do so much with 200 followers yeah on instagram and i guess just going back to it's not really a plug but just a little motivation. Like if you don't have that many followers or if you're just starting out on Instagram, just go ahead and do it Mm. and just provide value. And when people do reach out, just make sure you're just a pleasure to deal with and everything Mm. will figure itself out. That's really good advice. Thank you, girly. Did you plug your IG? Yeah. At published by Paris. Okay. Good job. And as always, you can follow Girl What on Instagram as well. Girl What underscore pod. Rate and review me on Apple. Five stars only. And if they're not five stars, just let me know why. Again, constructive feedback is all I ask for. Don't give the constructive feedback in the comments, though. Listen, yeah, if you could just email me separately or hit me up in the DMs, that'd be nice. (laughs) Right? Just put it all on blast. Like, hey, girl, thanks. But yeah, that was another episode of Girl What? Thanks for listening.